Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, hot queen? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Waste of potential. Are you drunk? <laughs> I am so drunk right now. Previously on Modeland. All right, so the TLDR, or too long, didn't read of this chapter was we begin with a Greek chorus expose of what Model Land's all about, and it's described as both a mood ring and a like flying tit in the sky held up by a push up bra of fog. But then we immediately pan in on our heroine, Tookie, who is described as incredibly ugly. And to prove that she's the ugliest person in the world, she's lying down on the middle of a hallway drinking whipped cream and then her sister walks by her sister we don't know much about her she's just stupid but then her crush walks by and she uh then proceeds to chase a fallen button off of her crush's lapel and she roots to the garbage finds the pin and it says something about tookie and she decides that she likes her crush nothing else happens bitch God, oh God, oh, what I would give, what I wouldn't give to be a greeter at Model Ant Studios. <gasps> I recorded that screen. No! <laughs> oh, I'm fucking best right now. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh my God, you're here, Clarabelle. Did you bring the potato casserole? No, but I did bring the smizes. <laughs> Great. Well, welcome to the Celebrity Book Club. I'm Clarabelle A. Ortega. I am Ryan LaSala. And we're two authors delving into the world of celebrity pen books. We certainly are. And right now we are reading Model Land by the Tyra Banks. And we are currently on chapter two. Yes. If you did not listen to uh, episode one where we do the prologue and chapter one, I suggest that you do that. Um, so you can. For- <laughs> yeah, it's full of. Um, treats and you you need to listen to understand even though you still won't understand um (laughs) i would love to tell people to go listen to chapter one in order to like get up to speed but there's no getting up to speed in model land we're just it's it's 99 miles per hour through the like demented world of tyra banks yes and i love it i we both love it it's amazing chapter two is what we'll be discussing today so we're gonna get right into it chapter Mm. two is Mm. called exodus Oh, yes. And what a strong chapter two title. I mean, chapter one's title was a little bit iffy because it's like a made up word. But chapter two, Exodus, like you can tell something rich is coming. Yeah. Or can you? So we open again with the Greek chorus slash Miss J saying (laughs) Tookie is covered in something. And like, I completely forgot that she was digging through the trash in the (laughs) last chapter. So I was like, is she covered in poop? Like, what's going on? Um, There's so many poop and pee and like sludge references in this book that i feel like everything just constantly smells bad um 
So she's covered in the gunk from chapter one because she was digging through the trash to get a button because she's desperate. Reminder. Yeah. And then we find out this amazing detail, which is that she didn't get a a locker for whatever reason. And so she has a dumb waiter between like two little like a little crevice where there's a dumb waiter. And not only is that her locker, but she has a fully stocked cooler in there. As well, which... I mean, imagine, like, I know we're supposed to, like, pity Tookie because she's supposed to be this, like, basically, like, a like a, this, like, garbage girl, right? Like, she's covered in garbage gunk. But, like, how cool is it? Her locker is a dumbwaiter that, like, opens up and she, like, heaves up, like, the, the platform or whatever. And, like, upon it is just, like, a bevy of snacks. Like, <laughs> that to me sounds so cool. Like, it's a thing that I would, like, would have loved for myself as you know like a teen and the fact that like it's hers but she hates it i'm like you're ungrateful you're really ungrateful (laughs) she also seems very food motivated which i can relate to because she talks a lot about food so in this cooler she has buttermilk biscuits plastic containers of sausage gravy vanilla sandwich cookies condiments like how does this all keep in this cooler like is it a mini fridge like isn't stuff getting spoiled I don't understand. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird thing. I mean, the sausage, I was down with this until the sausage gravy thing came up. And I just, I, maybe I just am not quite like getting what Tookie's up to, but like she has canisters of gravy, like gravy, like, like it, like emulsifies in, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing to have in a locker. All of this is weird to have in a locker. But the fact that there's gravy, I don't know. That's especially weird. And she talks about how she loves all food except chocolate. And how she once, like, gorged herself on chocolate, like, or she ate chocolate in this one, at this Mm. festival, and then she, like, threw up, and her mother grounded her. Yeah, chocolate festival. And she literally, like, she literally had been forced to sit and sleep on the floor for one month solid, which makes her sitting on the floor to get attention (laughs) feel more relevant and like it makes more sense to me suddenly right i actually checked um as i am going to do throughout this whole thing if the chocolate aspect of it had anything to do with real life tyra and you're so thorough i love this (laughs) what and what'd you find so in a tweet from july 12 2013 at 9 1 p.m tyra banks official twitter tweeted am i the only one who doesn't like chocolate I feel so alone in caps. So confirmed, Tyra also does not like chocolate. She's so special. She's not like other girls. Not like other girls. Turn the siren on and leave it on. Because she's, yeah. So, so yeah. So we return um, to some of the whipped cream references as well. She loves her whipped cream. Like, I I feel like that's like her favorite food. So everyone's still talking about T-Dog. And she's yep, the day of discovery. And she yep. and she continues to be unimpressed. We do get a little bit of exposition about Metopia. We learn about Peppertown's sweltering heat, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, and it just makes all of the bad smells feel so much more horrible mm. now. It's stinky and it's hot and everyone's dying. Right. We learn we learn that Metopia is is um it's divvied up into quadrants. So there are four, like, Metopia, like, townships, I guess. I don't really... It's, like, counties. Peppertown being one of them. Yeah. But, like, Ladorna... No, sorry. Ladorno is one of them. Um, That's, like, the fancy one where rich people live. Right. And I actually love when, like, when books do this. It's, like, 
Well, there's Grosstown, Grimville, Mudville, and beautiful village. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, right. oh, I wonder which one we want to live in. And it's, in this case, it's Ladorno. Yeah. And um, right before we sort of find all this stuff out, there is a Kylie, a bronze-skinned girl wearing bamboo earrings the size of her head, is reading out loud from the Peppertown Press. We find out that the mayor's name is Devin Rump. I feel like all the names are, like, That's names rough. that would be, like, filler, like... I can't think of anything. Let's just call him Devin Rump for now. Yep. And they end up being like the actual name. And I guess he's talking about arresting people who are scalpers. Why yeah. is this important? Oh, nobody knows. To protect the T-Dod, the right? Like the integrity of the ceremony. Like to protect – it actually – it's a line. To protect every young girl's inalienable in, – oh, my God. <laughs> inalienable rights. Which but Tookie is like – Skeptical. She says, not every young girl is inalienable, right? She's like, not not ugly girls. Inalienable, right? <laughs> not like other girls. Me. Um, yeah. I don't have rights like other girls. <laughs> so she describes there's different weather systems for each place. Which I love. Yeah. So Shavera is really cold. Pitter patter is tempestuous. Lovely Ladorda, which we don't know what the weather is actually there. I guess it's just nice all the time. And swel- money. sweltering pepper town, as hot as you guessed it, a Scotch bonnet. I actually Which didn't guess I it. Did guess it. <laughs> I didn't guess it. I I uh, I did not guess a Scotch bonnet. I, what's a Scotch bonnet? I don't know. Tyra is like a pastry chef. She knows so <laughs> many pastries. You think it's a pastry? Hold on. Oh my god, Scotch bonnet. Let's. Scotch bonnet hot sauce? Scotch bonnet, also known as bon, bonnie peppers or Caribbean red peppers. It's a variety of chili peppers named for its resemblance to a uh, Tam O'Shanter hat. What's, this is just, oh, okay, it's a type of pepper. Okay, okay it's like a, so it's, it's not a, it's a pastry. It's, <laughs> yeah, definitely not a pastry type of pepper. Um, this is This is cultural. I really feel cultural. All right. Incredible. Good. Good. Sorry, I'm eating potatoes. Um, Eat potatoes. I was hungry. Um, so we talk about how because of the – she talks about how because of the range of environments, there are lots of natural resources. Yeah. And politicians um, realize they can make a lot of money. This I thought very shrewd world building. I was like, okay, great. Like you get the pass of like there's lots of weather systems. But it's great that she thought ahead and was like, okay, but if there's multiple weather systems and, like, environs, like, it goes to stand that there would be many different, like, natural mm-hmm. resources available. Because this is basically Settlers of Catan, right? Yeah. Like, where you're having, oh, my like, God, I love it. Forests and your clay and, like, your hay. Like, they're all, like, abutting one another. And, like, this to me felt like this, like, glimmer of, like, real solid, like, oh, I thought about this in what has so mm-hmm. far been just the mishmash. Yeah, I felt like this was re- actually one of the stronger moments. Um, mm-hmm. the world building that made mm-hmm. sense and hopefully like contributes to something later on. It definitely contributes to the current state of the world because um, yes. it, it, it says the city grew into the global center of the fashion and beauty industry. But it says that the majority of people who work there are worked in inhumane fashion or beauty factory assembly lines and people who aren't selected for the grand land, which is model land. She yeah. still hasn't like defined it really. Yeah, we don't really know how that functions in like a <laughs> 
like we are like oh, this is actually actually a pet peeve of mine where like in a society we live in a society right and like in the society like there's like a mount olympus but the mount olympus doesn't actually exert any power over like the mm-hmm. civilization right like it, it's just sort of like oh we all love it but like in actuality, if that was a thing, it would exert some sort of like power and control over the people that sort of live in like, you know, like the like downtrodden areas of it. So Right. Like like the I'm, Hunger Games in the Capitol. Like that's done perfectly. Yes, exactly that. Right. Like great example. Right. It still exerts control. So basically if you're not chosen for the land, then you end up working in the mm-hmm. factories, which if it's only right. seven people, seven girls, then it's most people. I'm also sort of I don't know if you are curious about this, but do any guys get chosen? Like I feel like we we've only mentioned mm-hmm. girls. There's gotta be gay people in this fashion town. I mean, <laughs> there's gotta be some gay guys who wanna go live it up in model land let's be real um and there's got to be guys in general there otherwise like what happens like you live there and then you come back to like like make babies with like people who work in factories and then like go back to like model it i don't get it um you're right and actually that's that's actually that that's avoided fully yeah the like preliminary chapters of this book we actually don't know anything about that i would actually say that that's kind of a failing of this because it's interesting because like the omniscient like greek chorus narration will tell you model land is a scary place but it actually doesn't give you any useful information about model land as to like whether or not it's like full of men or women or like how it functions in the society itself and like we're sort of reading this as like a like a fantastical utopia is that right how's describe but we we don't really understand like the functionality of like what model land is like from like a political political perspective or like a economic perspective or any of those things and i know i mean maybe this is just me being bitter about being like a fantasy writer but like my readers would come after me immediately (laughs) (laughs) like why this was a thing they'd be like well what like what what the hell's model land doing like who cares and like Clearly, that's just not on anyone's mind at this point in the book. Right. To be fair to Tyra, I'm pretty sure people uh, return you in with reviews for this book. One thing that I forgot to mention in chapter, episode one, which (laughs) was that Theo, which is the love interest, he attends a private, he could have attended a private school over B3. So B3 is just like a public regular school, but he wanted to go to the public school to be among regular people, which I hate. (laughs) I hate it um, so much. But one thing that I felt like world building wise didn't make sense is if there's private schools and there's rich kids, you know that their families are like employing team to find the smizes. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, Baruch like Baruch assault. Assault. exactly. Yes. Like there is yeah. a dad who owns a bangle factory or the belt buckle factory Mm-hmm. that that one girl really didn't want to work at like her mom and he is just having workers swim in the sewer at all times trying to find smizes for his child and i i'm i that i mean it hasn't come up yet i don't know if it will but i feel like mm-hmm. that would make a lot of sense world building wise that would be a great like angle to the story right like mm-hmm. uh a a person's like in like a sewer and finds a smize and decides like, you know, instead of reporting it to their boss who sent them down there, they're going to like shuffle it away and give it to like their kid or like their niece. Like that would be a very interesting angle. I feel like to the model and like premise. Ooh, I love that. So she's just sort of like walking around right now. We're learning about the world just because she's sort of thinking about it. There's a lot of tell and not show in this book, right? Which is like a thing that everyone sells authors. And it's a tricky thing because 
Mm. It's it's like 101 advice because newer authors tend to tell a lot. There is always yep. some telling that you need to do in books. Like telling is not completely horrible. No, but, not at all. But when it gets to this point where it's like all the information we know is either because we're being told or because we overhear characters reading the newspaper out loud. That's still telling. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. It's like, here's a news It's like, it's like the, it's like, oh God, it is like a hotline towards plot, right? Like, here's the news program. No, I agree with you. It's like all the characters are like, but what will happen? Who's talking about what? Like, let's gossip. Gossip is a useful thing, right? Like, because gossip in a um, in a novel typically tends to distill down plot, right? Because gossip is always about like something that's going wrong or like something that's intriguing. So it's a very useful way to kind of like get to what the story is about. But like, it's all gossip in Model Inn so far. Yeah. Like, we're, like hearing <laughs> gossip, especially because we're on the eve of like T Dodd, and so. As what's her face, like Tookie's walking through like the hallway, like we're only hearing gossip about like what's coming and like we like Abigail Good shows up. She's uh, if you were listening to episode one, she's like very hairy legs. Like we love her for her hair. Like she's gonna pop up a little a little bit and then um oh my god, Zarpesa shows up again too. And they, at one point they travel to like the outside of the school. Um and what are they doing? Oh <laughs> this was crazy to me. They like there's this moment. They travel to the outside of the school, and there's this moment when, like, they all look up, and, like, for a second, for just a split second, like, the mountain <laughs> in the middle of Peppertown. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> it's like, I, I actually, Clarivel, if you understood this, like, let me know, because I didn't. Um, the, like, fog lifts, and we see Model Land. Like, we just see it. Like, like Toki, like, lays eyes upon Model Land. And then... Like, she's like, no, they just do that so that, like, you get, like, real excited about Model Land. And, like, the fog's going to come back down in a second. And then it does. Like, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's, like, it's, like what Model Land looks like. And everyone, like, goes back to their, their life. But, like, for a second, they think the day of discovery has, like, come early or something. It's, like, this very weird moment of, like, let me just remind the reader, Model Land exists. But then we're going to carry on with our normal plot. Yeah, it's very strange, too, because in, in multiple moments, like, th- like T-Dot is supposed to be, like, the most important thing. And, like, it's been going on forever. Shouldn't everybody know how it works by now? Like, a lot of the information we're overhearing, like, people explaining it to each other. And it's like, why are they explaining it? Like, nobody's new in town. Like, what's happening? We we also, again, like, when when Tookie steps outside, her hair gets, like, really frizzy. And, again, she calls her hair called multiple personality hair the the so far from what i've read the the mental health rep in this book is not great um like don't call your hair having like that's not a funny description for hair it's not good bad multi-personality hair yeah my personality is actually wet and wavy Yes, it's wet and wavy. So Tookie watches as girls are like at a fire hydrant, at like a hydrant looking for smizes. And she overhears them talking, gets more like they're gossiping about, you know, T-Dod. Then Sarpeza shows up out of nowhere and she's like on the sidewalk and she's basically explaining how it works. And she says, my leg waxer's father's sister told me. The right. the fog peekaboo is just to get us all excited, um, right. and it's like 
why doesn't everybody already know this? I don't understand. Well, they don't have access to her leg waxer's father's sister or whatever it is. <laughs> Dumb. I hate it. Idiot. <laughs> Stupid. So, yeah. So, like, a lot of information is just gleaned from Tookie overhearing things. And she's not actually, like, going out and looking for information or, like, explaining it to us in any way that is interesting. <laughs> Right. It's like, it's sort of like, yeah, you're totally right. It's like the whole book is sort of founded upon this idea that like everybody knows this. It's like every young girl's dream. But then we're sort of learning things not through like Tookie reciting them to herself. Like as if you, you know, if you were like a young girl in a society sort of based upon this, the mythology would be so ingrained that you would sort of know it by heart. Right. Right. But we're actually learning it gossip which is a modality of like kind of like secrecy and like unveiling and that to me is, i don't know it's it sort of like butts head with the idea that like this is just sort of commonplace knowledge right exactly like they could have made it so it was a situation where it was like a ritual that like not everybody got to attend like only a chosen few and there was like some mystery behind it so people made There's up no gossip about it though. right yeah Sarpeza, um, they ask her if she wants a ride home, and she's like, no, because I have to walk because my therapist yoga teacher's meditation guru son-in-law told me that it was my time to be by myself. And That's That's like a great line. I'm like, Sarpeza, true. And Tookie walks home, and she's like, but not because my meditation guru guru told me to. (laughs) And then there's faded stamps like on the street that says where is ci and then i don't know what this is formally called but that like squiggly line squiggly line l, l. Yeah. and and then it says like where is where the hell is cl which we find out that's how it's actually pronounced mm-hmm. and tookie's like all confused and she was apparently the most famous seven ever to grace the earth a triple seven I don't know what that means. We we don't. Yeah, it's it's unclear. It says a majestic woman with caramel colored skin and the most intoxicating eyes. First of all, everybody in this world has either like light brown or like semi like like medium brown skin. What's with the colorism in this in this (laughs) world building? I don't love it. But the colorism in Modeland. Like, let's get it together. Yeah, a lot of it's like she's black, but she's got ice blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's black, but not the dark kind of black. It's the light yes. kind of black. Um, and it's like, what is happening? This is not great. Yeah, so CL is like, she's incredibly beautiful. She She's a triple seven. We don't know what that means, but we're led to believe that it's like a heightened version of being one of like the seven, right? Like, so like numeral seven, word seven. Right. And she's vanished. She said she's vanished. She was like the most famous seven. And then she, she, after, after her ad with like jerk perfume, uh, <laughs> she, she the best selling fragrance in the, in the whole world. Um, she, she just went away, which to me means that like, Oh, jerk perfume, something happened on like the jerk perfume photo shoot. But I actually don't think that's what they meant here. I think they just mean that like this famous model, in model land, sorry, slash Metopia has gone. She's gone away and no one knows where she is. And everyone's vandalizing public property asking where the hell, where is, the hell is she? Um, yeah, and the hell is she? Jerk is spelled G 
J U R K, by yeah. the way. I don't understand yeah, just, what's happening. So, so, this is the second missing person. I have a strong inkling that it's not going to be connected to the first <laughs> missing person, which is Lizzie, aka um, Tookie's best friend, who's been gone for six weeks. And Tookie could not give a shit because she's like, <laughs> I miss her so much, but she has not made an effort to find her so far as we can tell. Then we mm-hmm. see some like down, downtrodden children on the <laughs> sidewalk who are called factory dependents. So apparently no. in this world, there are these kids whose parents can't take care of them or don't want them. So yeah. the greedy industry overlords, as she says, um, houses them in slums and pays them nothing. So pays them nothing or close to nothing? Are they slaves or not? Um, Servants for life. She feels a rush of pity and dread. Right. And and it's like Tookie's over here feeling sorry for herself because she's like kind of ugly. It's like, let's see these these children, I want to see the story of one of the factory dependents being chosen for Model Land. How about that? Right. Right. Oh, so true. It's like, here we are listening to like Tookie, who's like, I'm so amazing that I'm like, I both lie on the floor. No one notices me. But like, meanwhile, there's literal slavery in her world. Right. Like implied slavery. Like what is happening? It really could be worse. And I just wrote in my notes, like, child labor in, ta- in caps with exclamation points. Yeah. We have another mention of her multiple personality disorder hair. I don't love it. Yeah, it's awful. She does look in the mirror, though. It's the first time to describe how ugly she is again. Yeah, just to let you know that she's fucking beat. And then, (laughs) and then this is, this is, okay, so I don't know about you, but like this, this is when things really like took a turn for me is when we get to like Lizzie's house. Cause I was like, oh, Lizzie's the plot. Like Lizzie, Lizzie again, remember, she's the friend that's missing. She's been missing for six weeks, aka like, almost three months right like she's gone and suddenly we're at her house and like that to me was like oh my god like something's gonna happen right Um, except her house is a tree (laughs) yes except 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 her house is literally a tree house Uh, and it's like and it's like down an alleyway like it down an alleyway between two factories was an old yep. oak tree. In what world would these supposedly greedy people let anyone build a tree house in their alleyway? It's not going to happen. Yep. Incredible. Incredible. So there's a tree in the middle of like this like industrial land and it's where Lizzie lives and Tookie knows enough about her friend to know that she's missing uh, and knows where she lives, but she's not looking for her friend, but she does go to her friend's house and break in immediately. And apparently... It's full of nurses' uniforms and firemen's boots and mechanics' jumpsuits. It's scones and jugs of water, a twin mattress. I about the scones, yeah. And apparently she lives here alone. I don't know why there's such weird choice of food in this book. Also, why it's a tree cottage of sorts. Is it a tree cottage or is it not? <laughs> so, so Tuki approaches a tree and she thought... She saw a branch rustle. This is where I was like, oh, like Tuki is, she's seeing visions of her friend and it's going to sort of inspire her to go look for her friend. Cause that would be, of course, like the plot in like most books, right? Like your friend's missing. You're going to go find her. Right. Instead, um, Lizzie just shows up immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it says it's like missing friend of six weeks. Like we've just invented the tension of the fact that she's missing. She shows up 
right away. Right She's away. right there. She's, She's in right the tree. There. Tookie climbs up, and when they reach the top, they do the most bizarre greeting, which we're doing next time I see you. The girls extended their palms out, pointing to the sky with both hands, sniffed each armpit, and then curtsied. Then they said, like, what's arguably the best greeting of any book I've ever read, yeah. and I'm going to get this as a tramp stamp tattoo. It's They say, what's up, hot queen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, incredible. You can just tell that Tyra Banks wrote is thinking, like, I'm going to inspire a generation of girls to greet them, you know, greet each other this way. She is very um, into bodily humor. Yeah, there is a lot of, like, body fluid humor in this mm-hmm. book, like, more than you would think. So Lizzie's, like, she's twitching. Her hand is twitching. Hospital gown. Yeah. And Tookie calls herself a forget a girl. And Lizzie's like, I hate it when you say that. Stop it. And I'm like, girl, me too. Like, we've been trying to get her to stop for two chapters now. It's not going anywhere. So Lizzie, this moment, I just, I had to laugh because she's been missing six weeks, right? And she's in a hospital gown that says Shavera County Hospital. Shavera is like the cold quadrant of Mishopia. Um and Tookie references that this always happens when she's gone for a long period of time. Why don't you call the hospital, Tookie? Right. If you like, know yeah. that's always like she's always wearing a robe from this place, why? Also, her still wearing the robe implies to me that she's run away, and yet she doesn't immediately take it off. Like she doesn't take it off at all. <laughs> she just stays <laughs> <Yeah>. in it. <laughs> Right, like there's so much wrong with this like it's like oh gosh my friend she's always you know at like I know exactly where she is it's like she's not missing she's she's been like at an asylum yeah or a mental hospital yeah and then she leaves the hospital and she's like I've escaped. I'm not going to take off my hospital gown. And Tookie at the same time is like I don't know where you've been like it's it's so good it's just completely detached from any sort of like actual reality in this like i guess if i was writing this i'd be like in my head like lizzie would be scrambling to like put together some semblance of like a coherent sane life because she doesn't want to get like you know dragged back into like the hospital right like that's right. how she wants to survive outside of like the system and Tookie would be trying to help her with this but in this it's just like it's like girl interrupted the like 15 minutes after the movie ends right and lizzie's run yeah, it's just, it's a hot mess. We then see our fave, Sarpeza. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is great. So, so they like, I don't remember how this exactly happens, but like, like Lizzie's like, come with me. And Tookie's like, okay, fine. <laughs> and they like go down an alleyway and they buy, they, this is so funny. They find a dumpster, like the, they immediately stumble upon a dumpster, which is like apparently like a few feet away from like the oak tree that Lizzie lives in. And there's like a, a, a bunch of people who have like masks on and they're like rooting through the garbage, I guess. Like, looking yeah, they're like dumpster diving, I guess, looking for food diving. for that. Like they like Lizzie is talking about what happened at school also. We sort of skipped over that part. Like, not Lizzie. Um, Tookie's talking to Lizzie about what happened at school oh, with well, Theo. Yeah, and then she brings up Sarpeza, like, ruining everything. And mm. Lizzie's like, ooh, speaking of Sarpeza, like... Um, because um, Tookie says, every time Sarpeza touches my Theophilus, it digs at my heart. And then Lizzie's like, actually, your heart's not the only thing Zarpeza's digging. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> right. And she's like also digging the her, garbage. <laughs> her face is digging through trash. And oh, it's true. And then she, oh my God, she yeah. follows her to that. That's when we get to the dumpster scene. All these people wearing masks. Um, and then Tookie's it's like, there's a girl that looks like she's her age. Like, how would you know she's wearing a mask? You don't know. And she's wearing a tattered comedy tragedy mask. And the girl carried a familiar yellow dream bag in the crook of her elbow. Tookie frowned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's like, it's basically, so like, to give you like the x-ray of this, it's it's basically it's like Zarpesa and her parents <laughs> digging through the trash trash and like and like Zarpesa's mom was like, Oh my god, Zar, honey, sorry that we're not rich. Like you don't deserve this. <laughs> and like she gives her like warm yeah. sea bass from the garbage. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. The warm sea bass from the garbage. I really Oh my god, oh, Ryan, it's your nightmare. Ryan doesn't like fish. <laughs> it's true. No one knows it's not me. But like the mother is like, take the sea bass. It's still warm. Like this is when I really like went off on this book. I was like, oh fuck. Like, terrible. Oh my god. Yeah. So her mom hands her. So Zarpesa, basically, we're led to believe that like Zarpesa is rooting through the trash with her parents who are like helping her do this, and they hand her like fistfuls of warm fish. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like it, this actually, I had to read this twice because I wasn't sure what was going on. But basically, like it seems like this rich girl is not actually as rich as she's pretending to be, right. and her parents are actually very poor and giving her trash. And and then Lizzie even says like they lost their fortune that's, yeah that think is happening yeah there's also a reference to Trejoli bread and it's like capitalized again we're not sure what Trejoli is in this world but it's yeah, but there's several things described as that so i'm hoping we get some sort of clarification <laughs> so this part makes me laugh so Chucky asks how long she's been digging through the trash and lizzie's like <laughs> i think it's been years and it's like how do you know <laughs> like literally how do you know and we find out that like the reason that the reason she knows that she's poor now is because they had a tussle super early in the morning over a dress. And then instead of being like, wow, that like really sucks. Like she's eating warm sea bass from the dumpster. They're like, wow, she's living a big fat lie. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, like the line that like Lizzie's like, <laughs> We were tussling over a hot yellow dress, and the only way I could get to distract her was to throw a bunch of <laughs> matching shoes. Oh my god, I can't! I, I can't. It's a hot I threw, mess. Here, hold on. I so I threw some matching yellow shoes at her. Her shameless butt scooped them right up and didn't even utter a thank you. Like I don't. They're like wrestling in the trash, but like also trading accessories. It's incredible. It's amazing. So Tookie says she's living. She whispers, "Wow, wow." Um, then she's living one big fat lie, and then Lizzie with the ringer, one big fat homeless lie. No. And then Lizzie has some sort of episode. Um, I want to just give a tw- a quick trigger warning before you oh, keep no. um go on because there is self harm in the next couple of lines so if you want to just like skip ahead a couple minutes because yeah i will and i'll put it in the show notes uh where the trigger warning starts Mm -hmm. and where it ends so if anybody is 
worried, please look at the show notes so that you don't get triggered. We want you to be safe. So basically, Lizzie, her body twitches and she's glaring blankly into Tookie's eyes. And then she starts talking as if there's like voices in her head. And she's like, please tell them to stop in a strange garbled voice. I'm not sure what's going on. Then she references someone named Robin. Like with a Y. She, Robin with a Y. Um, she says, <laughs> like, like, like the Swedish pop, like disco funk dancer. Yeah, who we love. I, I love Robin. I can take it when they hurt me, Lizzie says, but when they hurt Robin, I feel it more. And Lizzie doesn't even know. Tookie doesn't even know who Robin is. She's like, who's Robin? But Lizzie... So she, so yeah, so she has some sort of episode. She starts searching the ground and then she cuts herself with a rock, which is like not expected. Um, but it's literally self harm. Tyra's like, why are you doing this? And Lizzie's like, it makes me feel better when I do. So it's like literally a description of cutting and like why people do it. So then we find out that like she's been in the melancholia ward. So I'm guessing like she's depressed. She has mental health issues. And this is where I was like, did Lizzie escape? It's basically my interpretation of like this sequence was that like Tookie knows that Lizzie's got something going on and she wants the best for Lizzie and Lizzie's recovery, but does not necessarily want to imperil her friend by reporting her. Cause like there's like an element of like homelessness with like Lizzie right. as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Tyra was truly like gripping these things, right? Like when she was writing these characters, I think she just thought of Lizzie as this like, sort of like wacky, outlandish person who like, right. you know, escaped like the loony bin. But like, it's actually very poignant, like the way that like Lizzie has like basically an episode triggered by watching someone else's trauma and like sort of reverts back into this mindset of like, oh, I'm going to like return to you have to imagine like what is an episode of hers, right? Like right. A, like a moment in, in her personal history that was like very traumatic and like I'm sure it has to do with this like Robin person. We'll probably like learn about it later. And it's very scary because like Toki is basically witnessing in, you know, like witnessing this moment, having some familiarity with like an episode of Lizzie's and not really knowing what to do about it, which I actually think is like a great thing to portray in young adult literature um whether or not it's done well here mm, like very dependable yeah it's not done well (laughs) but like but but i think it's like it's an admirable thing to be like oh you know you may be dealing with like some very severe moments of someone's conscious last lapsing into like a trauma yeah like that's kind of Mm -hmm. what i think she's getting at yeah yeah for sure and so at this point, I'm like, okay, it really does seem to me like Lizzie escaped whatever situation she was in at the, the hospital. Yeah. Again, questioning why she hasn't changed out of her clothes because it seems like she has options in her tree cottage. And then <laughs> I I am very confused about – well, not really confused. I'm I was sort of like upset on Lizzie's behalf because she's called like a paranoid girl – but yeah. it says right in the text that officials probably repeatedly hunted down the, quote, paranoid orphan girl and dragged her off. So she's not paranoid. She's scared of people coming after her. Like, right. this whole time, people. this whole time, Lizzie is like, did anybody follow you? And, like, Tyra's like, no, of course not. Tyra. I keep calling her Tyra. Tookie is like, <laughs> um, of course not. And, like, it continues to, like, refer to her as paranoid. And it's like, 
she's been dragged off to this hospital multiple times. She's not paranoid. <laughs> she right. has something yeah, to worry about. Like a great argument here of like, <laughs> I continuously am dragged to this place. Please help me not make that happen. And Toki's like, you're crazy. Oh my God, <laughs> stop it, friend. Stop like, oh. twitching. And, <laughs> twitching. And um, so this line really took me out. Like I had to take a, a, a break after I read this one. So it says, and what with Tookie Strange SPLDs, spills, or whatever, and writing but never sending letters habit, and Lizzie screams and paranoia, it was like they were the only two happily crazed screwballs in a sea of sanity. First of all, let's not use the phrase crazed and screwball this way. Second, <laughs> Lizzie has actual mental health issues that she is dealing with. Right. Paranoia right. not being one of them because she's actually being chased. You writing in your diary does not equate to someone who literally has an issue that she's dealing with and is traumatized. Like, way to make it all about you, Tucky, but it's not. This is like hot topic mental illness here. Like, it's like, oh, my God, like, I'm so crazy. Like, it's like the world will never understand me. But it's such a great example of it because, like, here we have a character, Lizzie, who's actually being, like, institutionalized for something that's legitimate. But legitimate in the sense that, like, she, like, legitimately should have these paranoias. But Mm -hmm. doesn't have any right to them because people don't believe her to be, like, you know, sane. So... She's sort of, like, trying to escape this impression of herself. Meanwhile, Tookie's literally writing in a diary and is like, I'm the same. It's me. Me as well. We're friends. We're friends. We're good friends. This is what links us. We're both just the same and have all the same problems. Except I'm ugly, (laughs) so my problems are bigger. Um, So then we get to the part about we, we realize what the title of the chapter is, which is Exodus. And Exodus is actually their plan that they have for escaping Metopia and they want to build factories. Of course, a whipped cream factory is one of them. Um, the other one is a grilled cheese dipped in strawberry jelly factory. Why God? I want to die. And then they're going to give leftovers to Sarpeza. Sarpeza is literally homeless right now. It seems, <laughs> or has she's getting food from the dumpster with her parents. And you guys are talking shit about her. Like, Come on. So rude. So, so rude. rude. <laughs> there is no evidence of Zarpeza being evil right now. Like, if I'm supposed to hate her, I don't. Zarpeza has not done one wrong thing so far, but she's just, like, kind of, like, the, like, high-class pretty girl. So that's, like, what our grudge against her is. But then immediately we see her eating out of the trash. It's, like, immediately sympathetic towards Zarpesa. It it doesn't work as, like, a, as like a you know, like an antagonist. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do, for the first time, actually like something in the book, which is, like, they have, like, a friendship and they're talking and they care about each other. And it feels genuine, even if Tookie's an idiot. I feel like... She she does care about Lizzie and Lizzie loves yeah. her and I liked the idea of the interaction between them even if some of the stuff they said was kind of shitty and like not well executed yeah and yeah I get that yeah then we find out that XO two is their code for Exodus being um, put into motion and they're supposed to put the symbol on the front door of their home. I wrote in my notes, annoying. Um, 
<laughs> Why? Because like it'd be like vandalism? No, because another another we have another abbreviation. Like why? Oh, yeah, it's true. Okay, so it appears that like these two girls have a plan to like run away together. For whatever reason, like this plan is completely contingent upon like Toki being ready to do so. Like in this, Lizzie, she's ready to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she's ready to like defy society. She's a complete anarchist. But Tookie is the one that, like, gets to write the symbol on her doorway to, like, trigger this plan. And, like, that's the X of this plan. And, like, I don't know. There was this, like, this kind of felt sad to me. It's, like, Lizzie's being, like, you're ready, you're ready, you're ready. And, like, yeah. and like Tookie being, like, I'm not ready yet. Like, not yet, not yet. And they're going to make this rebellion happen. But Tookie is, like, the limiting factor here. Yeah, she's she's not ready to go. We're not sure. I think she's worried about not being able to survive off like stealing food the way that Lizzie does. That makes sense. Which yeah, fair. So basically, she tries to convince her, and Lizzie's like, "I gotta, I gotta go." <laughs> and like, like Tookie's Lizzie says she's gotta go. Tookie's watching her, and she sees her like stooping to pick something up from the ground, and. She's devastated when she realizes it's another sharp rock. So there's more, like, self-harm on the way. Why she doesn't, like, run to her to make her stop? Like, how far could she have gotten? Like, if you can still see her, you can call her name out and be like, don't right. do it. Like, you don't know. Don't do that, right. But she just stands there and, like, closes her eyes. <sighs> oh, it is this very dramatic moment of, like, and as I watched my friend walk away, I saw her pick up the implement that she was going to use to harm herself. And I did nothing. Like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, Tookie, that's, go, help her. Go help her. So she, she doesn't. Does yeah, um, yeah, so Tookie doesn't. Like, like, they had a really, like, heartfelt moment where, like, Lizzie was like, I love you, Tookie. And then, like, Tookie's like, see ya. I guess you're gonna be screwed now. I gotta go back to lay on the hallway or whatever. <laughs> so that's the end of chapter two. <laughs> it, it, it truly does end on, like, and... She picked up a sharp another, rock. Another, yeah. The the last line is another sharp rock, which I mean, how oh this sharp, this rock's got to be pretty sharp, also. Wow, thank you everyone for sitting with us through. Honestly, <laughs> as far as chapter twos go, that was it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> it's real. It, I mean, like you know this. Like, okay, all right. Any millennials out there will be familiar with like sort of like the Babysitter Club format, in which mm-hmm. like chapter one's plot, chapter two is exposition, right? Like where you tell what happened, what's going to happen. Like you sort of depend on chapter two for like at least some sort of I don't know, even like a gateway into like what the story can give you. This doesn't give you any of that. It just it gives you like pure chaos. It only introduces things. It doesn't actually resolve a single thing. Yeah, not a it, not a one. Not a one. No. <laughs> Time for our rose and the thorn section, where we say our favorite and least favorite part of this uh, chapter. Do you want to go first? Yeah. So I'm gonna start with my thorn actually, and it ha- it has to be this like grilled cheese dipped in like hot strawberry <laughs> syrup. <laughs> it's like these two girls are like fantasizing about like the thing that they'll do when they're free and it's like immediately they're gonna find a grilled cheese and dip it in like hot strawberry syrup and like oh that to me is just so repulsive i hate it it's so gross like i get that they're individuals but just like the strawberry jelly situation just to me is like it's irredeemable it's irredeemable irredeemable absolutely 
yeah, redeemable. <laughs> and I, if I had to pick a rose, it's hard because this this chapter is nothing but like grim shit, right? Like nothing fun happens in this. Um, <laughs> I guess I would have to pick the fact <laughs> this is going to be like a very vague rose, but like the fact that like for once in a Y novel, like someone's like, where is my missing friend? And immediately they show up in a tree. Like that to me is like, it's like a ray of sunshine, right? Like that never happens. And like in this novel, it does. It's like, where's my missing friend? I'm looking at the tree where she lives. She's right there. (laughs) She didn't even startle me. I just sort of saw her. (laughs) Um, So for my rose, I'm going to say, my rose keeps being associated with Dark Pesa. I'm not sorry. I'm going to say that the fact that she is a layered character right now, like she actually has like some conflict going on and obviously a very big secret. Also, I'm sort of wondering how she got a $5,000 dream bag if she's poor. Yeah. So I have questions. Me too. And then my thorn is going to be how Lizzie's like mental health is treated like the fact that she is referred to as paranoid when she's clearly being tracked down by officials at all times i feel like that's super unfair and i feel like just the mental health in general is not great (laughs) at all um and yeah and i mean i'm a neurodiverse person so i'm sort of like this is not good huh not good Mm Same girl. I'm like, Lizzie, (laughs) like, I get it. Like, basically, I feel like Tyra was like, oh, I I need, like, the, like, wacky character who's wearing, like, a, you know, like a, like a mental health gown and, like, her butt's exposed and she's running around, like, in garbage. And I'm like, girl, this is crazy. (laughs) But, like, bad crazy. (laughs) Like, not even, like, not even, like, like, a textured, nuanced version of this. This is just, like, a stereotype. Yeah, it really is. It's not great. So let's move on to our favorite lines from this chapter. I'm going to have to go with what's up, hot queens. I mean, how can you beat what's up, hot queen? It's amazing. Oh, God, you stole my line. <laughs> also my favorite line. The, like, we can, we can the have the same like, favorite. We can see, have the yes. same favorite. It's good. You know why I love it? Because I love in books when... There's a moment when, like, the characters are communicating on, like, their wavelength, right? Like, they're, like, they're talking to their friend, and that's not a communication that, like, an audience needs to be, like, super well-versed in, right? Like, what's up, hot queens? Like, that's going to be code, right? And I I love I'm into that. I'm into that. I think we need to make What's Up Hot Queen t-shirts. That could be our first merch. (laughs) What's Up Hot Queens? And it's like, it's like only armpits. It's like full armpit glory. Oh, God. It's so good. And you know why? Like that, that to me is like the first like sort of like authentic like teen moment of this. Like where like Mm. these two people greet each other with like their weird handshake. Nothing else so far sort of felt like. IRL but that to me feels like a thing that like people might do but it but within like the universe of this it feels so completely unrealistic (laughs) I love it what's up hot queen that's how we're gonna greet each other from now on um it is written um Um, so if you want to follow um, Celebrity Book Club on Twitter, we are at CelebBK Club. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're Celebrity underscore Book Club. And if you want to follow us individually, I'm at Clarabel underscore Ortega on both Twitter and Instagram. And I am 
at Ryality on Twitter. So that's R-Y-A-L-I-T-Y. And on Instagram, I am at Rylasa. So R-Y underscore L-A underscore S-A. Are you drunk? (laughs) I am so drunk right now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yes, hot queen. Yes, hot queen. Oh God, we're not going to be able to record a third episode because I'm barely getting my. No, no, we no. I think that's yeah. We're on our second episode of the night, everyone. Shit, (laughs) it's truly crazy because like the things that are coming up like next time on Model like we've got a crazy soccer mom. Like we've got like a like a debutante girl. We've got faucets running. We've got spectacles. It's like. it only gets worse from your Worse or better, depending on your perspective. <laughs> oh, God, I'm too drunk for this. Well, anyway, we'll see you next time, Hot Queens. <laughs> Thank you, Hot Queens, for attending. We love you. Love you. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.